Hey, Struthers? Who the hell are you? Give me that cake. No, this is my cake. Yes, Daddy Struthers, give me that cake. No, you can't have any. Yes, Daddy Struthers is holding food from us. Kick ass. Welcome to Going Down to South Park, the podcast where we have ourselves a time. This week we are here to review the episode titled Starvin' Marvin. I am Dando. I am Guy Dando. How are you today? Are you starving or are you not starving? Hank Marvin, no. <laughs> what's, the opposite? what's the opposite? I um, I am a bit hungry actually because we're recording this in the morning. We usually record this at night. I've usually had my dindons and I'm all full. But I've actually woken up and rushed around and uh, yeah, I haven't had any breakfast. So I am kind of starving, but not as starving as Marvin. I'm not, I'm not not that bad. What about yourself? Have you had breakfast yet? I have indeed, yes. Have. I, I, a little background for the listeners. It's actually, it's, well, it's a public holiday. Yeah, it's what, it's what we call it. It's Australia Day. Yeah. Commonly known as Australia Day, shall we say. <laughs> but uh, on a day when we should be sleeping in and relaxing, no listeners, we're getting up early for you. I love that you think eight o'clock's early. <laughs> <laughs> on a public holiday, yes, yes. yes, so, I mean, yes, con- yes. Considering we've been getting up bright and early every other day of the year to, um, you know, tend to children or do our jobs or whatever, mm. today's the one day we can sleep in. But no, we got up to do this for you, mm. listeners. No, no, no. The, um, the thing is, though, it's like you take two approaches to public holidays. It's like, am I going to sleep in and catch up from some sleep or am I going to wake up early and get shit done? I feel like getting up early and getting shit done is a lot more fulfilling at the end of the day, but you're also a lot more tired. It is indeed. Plus, is that really the Australian way, Dan? <laughs> Getting shit done. <laughs> uh, Starvin' Marvin, we are here to discuss this. I thought this was a very funny episode, a very deep episode. It takes shots at humanitarianism, consumerism, the perception of the difference between upper and lower class, and they do it, they handle it all really well. It's a very good thing that they do with these earlier... Well, with many an episode of South Park, I mean, they're, they're not shy uh, about carving up a few sacred cows shall we say i mean they they go for the throat they go in pretty hard on uh, on some pretty big issues and they do it in the guise of yeah <laughs> a comedy and what might be viewed as a fairly sort of politically incorrect comedy at, at that i mean a, a cursory glance at the oh wow they're making fun of um starving kids and um people who are trying to help and all that kind of stuff and no i mean they're not really doing that they're actually having a go at hypocrisy and uh, and as you said consumerism and uh, and self-righteousness and all that kind of stuff so it's a, it's pretty smart on their part yeah. and pretty and pretty ball uh, ballsy on their part i've got to say look i enjoyed Starve and marvin for the most part but i think i might have had the same sort of issues with it that um i had with the previous issue pink eye or previous previous um, you know, not issue episode yeah. <laughs> pardon me in that it get, got a little bit repetitive and it's felt like it's spinning its wheels just a little bit. There's a lot of stuff to enjoy in there. But, I mean, even for an episode that's about a half hour long or 25 minutes or so, it felt like there was maybe 15 minutes worth of material or maybe, that's that's being a bit, uh, bit harsh, 17 minutes worth of material. All the Braveheart stuff and all the turkey stuff and this is like, I think you've got triple the amount of <laughs> that you need. Yeah, Trey and Matt both agree because they thought – in these earlier days, the way TV worked was you had your A plot and you had your little B plot. Mm-hmm. And they thought the turkey story, they threw that in there because they felt like they had to have a B plot. And they've said since then, they've realized you don't need a B plot. The A story is solid enough to stick with that. But they thought the B plot was just in there just to sort of make it more yeah. Thanksgiving-esque. Yeah. Make, and make it a show. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, make it like, well, TV shows have A plots and B plots. So, okay, yeah, let's let's do that. But yeah, as, as you wisely point out, they wisely thought, no, we can do it our way. And yeah. that seems to have worked out okay for him so far. It was just a reason to have the Braveheart parody, is what Stoner said. I guess so, yeah. And I suppose, when did this episode air? I mean, this is only this a few... in 98, I want to say. Let me have a double oh, check okay. that. So we're only, it, only oh, a few no, so years Ed, 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 Ed in 97. It's only two years out from Braveheart. Oh, okay. So hmm, I guess at that stage, it's not really... Braveheart jokes. So like- that's, that's what I mentioned last week. Remember when I said they do these parodies of things and they take the piss out of these people and 20 years on, it's just like, oh, really? They feel dated, but at the time, they didn't yes. feel dated. It would have felt its freshest tomorrow. Yeah, and that's one thing the Simpsons tend to do well is when they take things off, they tend to take things off that are, not all the time, they do have their dated gags, but 
a lot of the jokes they do when they're taken off pop culture, they're timeless. Whether it's mm. Gone with the Wind or something like that, it's timeless things that live on forever. Yeah. Where or um, Citizen Kane or things like that, where you know Braveheart. Yeah, I mean, people still talk about Braveheart. I guess you know you never take our freedom is a very very popular quote. Yeah. But still, it's just like eh. maybe because of the Mel Gibson scenario, people don't really talk about Braveheart as much anymore. I'm not too sure. I think Braveheart is, and a lot of things for the nineties are sort of in that weird phase where it's like it's been around long enough that everybody knows what it is, but it's not quite enshrined as a classic. It almost feels like, oh, that's an odd thing to sort of bring up or make fun of. But um, but at the time, though, I remember everyone was taking the mickey out of Braveheart at that point. Yeah. It feels like a little late at yeah. this stage, even though it's really not. But, yeah. anyway. but look, for the most part, a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun stuff in this episode. So Sally Struthers, she cops it a lot in this episode. She does. Poor old Sally copped it um, from a from a various fronts over the years for, and for really good work. I mean, she um, I won't say she single handedly raised awareness of um, the bad situations in in Africa as far as, far as famine and all that went. But um, yeah, between this and Mystery Science Theater three thousand, which I quote a fair bit, I used to. Not make fun of Sally Struthers so much, but they used to sort of poke fun at her catchphrases a bit. I think because she seemed to wear her heart very much on her sleeve. You know, she wasn't kind of appearing like she was above it. She was like, guys, this is really bad. Come and help. And when you're that... Uh... <laughs> I said she was because she was obese. That's what they're saying at the time. Well, yeah. But also when you're, when you're that vulnerable yep. as well. I mean, it, it sort of leaves you open to taking a few shots from snarky guys like Matt and Trey. The way you look at it is, okay, granted, she had a bit of extra weight and it did seem a bit odd that she would be the one talking about starving children. But I think people also made fun of her, not just because of that aspect, but because they weren't doing anything themselves. So they're going to take down the person who is doing something about it. That makes sense. Well, she's doing yeah. more than what anyone else was doing. Not anyone else, but pe- a lot of people who were sitting on their couch saying, oh, yeah, fucking a fat chick making uh, talking about starving kids. Oh, how about you stop eating the Twinkies? It's like, yeah, yeah. but at least she's doing something. You're just sitting exactly. on your couch yeah. making fun of her. But yeah, and I, it's, <laughs> as we're jumping ahead a bit, so spoiler for this episode, but yeah. I don't think she's going to Africa and eating all their food. No, no, so that's, <laughs> and I actually read that she was, um, she was a big fan of the show until this episode because she thought she, you know, they treated her pretty harsh and she was a really, she was really upset that they portrayed her as someone who would steal food from hungry kids. Yeah. She didn't like that at all. And Trey and Matt, whilst I was somewhat remorseful, they have apparently said since in a the commentary for the episodes, with her in it, saying that, um, oh well, she shouldn't have been, uh, you know, she shouldn't, shouldn't be so fat, shouldn't, she shouldn't eat all the Twinkies or something like that. I was just like, Jesus Christ, guys, like she's trying to help. <laughs> but I, I can see, I yeah. can see, I can see it from their perspective. But I don't know. At least she's no, I, I think that that's just them being snarky bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so they also take the a shot at consumerism with um with the, the food, you know, the, the all you can eat buffet, and it was basically the the inspiration for this episode from what Matt has said was that what would happen if a starving child went to like an American all you can eat buffet and mm. viewing people wasting food. Oh, yeah. That's where the idea sort of came from, and I like the way that throughout the episode, Marvin is sort of being um. He's sort of becoming an American. He's becoming Cartman. But then he realizes, I don't like this way of life. I want to go yeah. back to my home. You know, I'd rather, pre- I prefer to go back where I am because we are a very wasteful society, aren't we? It's not just America. <laughs> we are, unfortunately. I mean, I'm one of the things I'm going to do on Chore Day, aka Australia Day, <laughs> but, um, when we're done here, is I'll be sort of doing a bit of tidying up in the kitchen. I was looking in the fridge going, man, you should have eaten that like three days ago and you're probably going to have to throw it out now. That's just mm. disgusting. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that we're shocking for is whenever I go to the deli in the supermarket, I always just buy a kilo of chicken breast. If I'm cooking a chicken meal, I just buy a kilo of chicken breast. And I never use the full kilo, and I always forget about like that one extra breast, and then it goes bad. I'm like, oh, now i go throw it out. I'm thinking, how many chickens have died for nothing because mm. I'm too fucking lazy? Oh, I'm a bit like that. I mean, I'll, I'll, get the, I'll get the big thing of chicken breast, slap it in the fridge, it's like, Guy, what you really should have done, you know, this is future guy who's a lot smarter. Put it in the freezer or something. Yeah, he's got a full head of hair and, you know, he's really, he's worked out. Future guy's a top fella. (laughs) Um, Guy, what you should have done is, you know, when you got that home, immediately cut open that package and either diced up the chicken into nice portions or segments or whatever, or just whacked it immediately in the freezer and used it when you're going to use it. That person just... I'll put it in the fridge or chop it up later. You know, feel my, I might like some. Uh, I might like a burrito later, man. And never do. 
Never do. And invariably either throw out the chicken, give it to the cat, who was probably too smart to eat it, or even like, it's still good. <laughs> and then, you know, probably have two days worth of food poison. <laughs> I've done it before. I had food poison from it. I was like, I, I, can, I can still do this. I'm not, not going to waste $8 on this chicken breast. I'm going to eat it. It's only slightly green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a slight stench. Yes. And that's that stench, it's not quite a stench. It's more like a, an odour. It's, it's bearable, of course, yes. It's like and a then, mild fart as opposed to an, an off piece of chicken. And then you're doing not mild farts <laughs> for the next week. Exactly right. Okay, so what have we learned from Starve and Marvin? Eat that chicken. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe not the less we should have taken away. So the perception of the difference between upper and lower class, they really hammer at home how poor Kenny's family is throughout this episode, don't they? And just oh, how they're constantly yeah. making fun of them and how it's the people who are privileged think it's okay to acknowledge and make fun of those even then when they're not around i think it's at the buffet when they go 699 is like oh wait a minute it's one of my trivia questions oh well 699 is a, a it uh, was a, it was one of mine dude so yeah yeah a um a two-week wage for, for the for the mccormick family you really feel sorry for kenny <laughs> yeah i mean they've been paying out on the on the uh, on the poverty pretty much since the start of the uh, of this of the show but yeah. you actually get a glimpse into it this time around it's like south park guys it's a bit Untoward, it's but it's cruel. it's kind of like that though. I mean, it's that's that's a really how a lot of the world is, and even the mayor trying to make it uh, more of a marketing campaign, the canned <laughs> food drive. It's not it's not because they want to help. It's just like, all right, how can we market this to make myself look better? We'll oh, do the yeah. the grab grab a can thing or whatever, and just make it a big make a big hoopla about it. And like even when Kenny Sanders, she's like, hurry up, get in there, get your can. I want to move on. <laughs> so it's just, then no one actually in South Park gives a shit about helping the poor, and they they see that with only like three cans of. Um, what is it, canned corn, I think? Cream corn. Creamed corn, yeah, yeah. Uh, get donated at the school. So no one really cares. They want to help, but no one really cares. And that's what they bring up these commercials. It's like a lot of people think just by donating their $5, ah, now I'm helping. And so even when Marvin comes to, to South Park, the kids are the, actually the only ones who want to take this kid in and give him a better life. Yeah. All the adults are just like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm too, even the principal, I'm too busy. I, I donate oh, my $5, you know. And that's why Stan says at the end, we think just because they're on TV, they're not real people. No, 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 but they are real people. And I just like the fact that, again, getting back to the kids are probably the best people in South Park. They're the ones that are willing to help out, actually help out. And all the adults are the ones saying, no, no, he must go back to where he comes from because <laughs> we don't want to take on another child. Yeah. <laughs> I just love you, Principal Victoria. I'm very busy. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's the kind of rationale that I come up with as well. Like, <laughs> Flavor Flav's got problems of his own. Yes. <laughs> to quote some very early nineties hip hop. Um, yeah, a, a good episode. Yes, very. very uh, <laughs> I'm very taken with it. Just their constant piercing of hypocrisy on South Park. It's fantastic. So Jerry Seinfeld wanted to be a guest star on South Park. Did you Did read he? about this? Yeah. Have I heard and, about this? Have I read about this? No. no. Well, he was offered a role as one of the turkeys, and he was just like. Phew. I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not doing that. And I was like, see, George Clooney was offered the role of a gay dog and he fucking took it, man. Yes, indeed. And this is George Clooney we're talking. This is 90s George Clooney we're talking yeah. about. Come yeah, on, George Jerry. Clooney. Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry Seinfeld was just like, he, he obviously wanted a better role and he, he turned it down. I was like, come on, Jerry. Come on, man. Did it, if, if, 20 years on, if we look back and said, Jerry Seinfeld voiced a turkey on South Park, you know how cool he would have come across? Is Seinfeld cool these days, do you think? No. No. <laughs> I don't, was he ever cool? I mean, I love the show Seinfeld, yeah. but he still comes across like a guy who thinks he's better than everybody. And, you know, he's, he's a, almost a billionaire. He's earned his money. He can think whatever he wants to think. But he doesn't come across like somebody... I mean, look at the way he handled the Kesha thing. Remember Kesha? That that made him appear cool to a lot of people. When he, Did you see that clip? I did, yes. Yeah, when he was just like, no thanks, no thanks. But that sort of summarised him as a person. He's just like, no, no, no thanks. I don't need to touch you. Where I feel like a lot of celebrities probably would have just accepted the cuddle and gone, who, who was that? But he was just like, I don't want to touch you. No, that's fine. A lot of people saw Jerry as a spirit animal from that clip, but that sort of summed up him, I think. To you. <laughs> Yeah, poor form on Jerry's part, sort of turning down a. Uh, yeah, I mean, how hard would it be to go into uh, the recording booth and just go, yeah, put that on a loop? It'd be like Krusty, but I mean, but I'm out. <laughs> One last thing. So they say that Sally Struthers was from Full House. Incorrect. She was actually from what, Mr. Davis? She was uh, from a TV show called All in the Family. Mm, yeah. Yes. 
And now for 90s kids, she was also the voice of Charlene Sinclair on Dinosaurs by Jim Henson. Yeah. Not the Mama Show. And she was also the voice of Rebecca Cunningham on the Disney animated series that I loved as a kid called Tailspin. So 90s oh. kids will know her as that. So she gave us joy. Yes. <laughs> yes. And as I mentioned, the Mystery Science Theater thing, uh, <laughs> she had a line on, on these ads, I believe, where she was uh, trying to help out the kids where it's like, you want to help, right? Sure, we all do. And that's what, um, yes, Mystery Science Theatre sort of took and ran with. And for some reason, I incorporated that into my speech for a little while. It's like, hey, do you want something? Sure, we all do. And then no one would know what the fuck I was talking about. So I, was, so I had to retire that one. All right, what was your favourite moment from Starvin' Marvin? I think it had to be. Uh, the couple enjoying... Oh, my God, how good was that? (laughs) (laughs) Enjoying each other's company by the lake, the beautiful... Was it the sunset or whatever? But it was just a lovely time of day. They were into each other's company. And just that guy, and it's a a terrific... I'm I'm assuming it's a Trey Parker voice. I I think it's a Trey voice. It is great, yeah. Who just, every time the woman said something, not as beautiful as you. Just oh so God. stupid, but so, so funny. I was like, we've all been there when we were teenagers. Not as beautiful as you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, or even when you're cheesy 50-somethings like me. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved Carmen stealing Marvin's food. I'll just slide this over here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Carmen's voice was so funny. And I love the way he... I love the way Cartman says, Mum, Mum, Mum. <laughs> I really think by this time, this ep- the episode, this episode came around, they'd really steered into, oh, people like the Carpenter voice. Let's, yeah. you know, really push this one up to 11. So it's like, but man, sweet. Yeah. I just Carpenter is just so great. Okay. Now let's try to get an answer from someone who's not a complete retard. All right. Trivia for Starvin Marvin. You kick off, Mr. Davis. Oh, well, you've already chopped out one of my Alrighty. very few questions, but let's see how we go with this. Mm. There were three stickers on Starvin Marvin's suitcase when he Ooh. shows up. Good question. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, could you name at least two of them? No, I cannot. That's a good question. What were they? On on his suitcase, there were stickers for Somalia, mm-hmm. San Juan, and Club Med. Club Med. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My first question is, in regards to the buffet, what night of the week do they have the six ninety nine special? Was it Wednesday? No, it's Tuesdays. Tuesday. Oh, well, mm. It's always tight-ass tight ass Tuesdays. <laughs> so that's, it's, a, it's a, a global thing. I always Must thought be, it was just yeah. a, Did that just start with cinema tickets? Uh, ch- cheap tickets. <laughs> yeah, and just became a thing with everything. It's like, well, Tuesday's a night for cheap people. Yep. Uh, next question for you. On the blackboard in the classroom, mm-hmm. there, Mr. Garrison had drawn up an analogy. Nougat is to chocolate as David Duchovny is to what? Not sure. Sure, I knew I should have paid attention to that blackboard because there's a lot of info on there. Wasn't paying attention. What was it? It wasn't. It's like David Duchovny is to tampons as Nougat <laughs> is to chocolate. There he is. There he is. <laughs> but by the way, listeners, if you are a fan of the X-Files, you would already know this, but there is an episode in the Early, early season one, one of the first episodes where David Duchovny gets out of a pool in Red Speedos. And you see Duchovny Wang. Full, <laughs> it's just full on Wang. And yep, he lived up to his name in Californication. Trust me, he, he deserved that role. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next question is what does it say on Kenny's dad's hat? <gasps> Something we've seen so many times, it should be obvious, but I never <laughs> realized until I looked at this, yeah. I'm going to have to... What does he drink? Well, it's a beer. Is it just beer? It's scotch. Scotch. Okay. I think you probably can't afford scotch. (laughs) Oh, very bad scotch. I had to say it. I might be out of questions. I had had three, but we blew our... um, We blew it on one of them. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask you a couple more then just to make up for it. Okay. Who did Mr. Garrison say was the first person to walk on the moon? Oh, man. Engelbert? Oh, Engelbert Humperdinck. Yes. Pop sensation. <laughs> uh, final question is, what was the name of the machine that Kenny was in to get the cans? I want to say Grabatron. Grabalux. Grabalux. <laughs> so, that, yeah, I, I, I thought at that moment that was going to be how Kenny died. I thought it was going to be, it was, the guy was going to push, like, 
full power or something. Yeah, and, and just <laughs> yeah, battered to death by cans. Yeah. yeah. But no. All right, guys, that is our trivia for Star and Marvel. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. The original air date of Starve and Marvin was November 19th, 1997. It was written by Trey Parker, Matt Stone and Pam Brady and directed by Trey himself. Now, by the way, listeners, so it may be weird. If you're watching along with us with the show on Netflix, the next episode that was going to air was Damien. But that might have been a production order because this one was the next one that aired. And I'm looking through the um, the air dates here on Wikipage. And it looks like for the month of November, December, there was only one episode a month. So there's one in October, one, so, which is why the last episode that we reviewed was the Halloween special, and this one is the, the Thanksgiving special, and the next one is going to be the Christmas special, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Pooh, because they only did one episode a month airing in 97. So October, there was one, the Halloween one, November was the Thanksgiving one, this one, and then next month is the Christmas one. So I thought it was odd. There was only one episode a month for that period of time. It's, it just seems odd, but anyway, um, that's why we're doing it in this order. We're going by original air day order, not the order in which they appear on Netflix. Which is Indeed. We're old true. school. We are old school. The episode kicks off with a Terence and Philip Thanksgiving special, and it's just got you know Terence farting on Philip, and well, that's what's coming up next. Coming up after the break, Terence farts on Philip and laughs, <laughs>, <laughs> and the, um, the the kids are enjoying it obviously. And Sally Struthers, we didn't get her commercial, and she's asking for five dollars to sponsor the starving children. So it's not Ethiopia, is it? Because they call them Ether. They're not Ethiopians. They're what do they call them. Oh, Ethiopians. Eth- Ethiopians. Or something. They, they, they mispronounced the entire episode, yes. But she says, uh, the guys are just like, I'm not donating $5, fuck that, until they get offered a Takeo digital sports, sports watch. watch. And that Which I imagine when it. you were you know, a pre-10-year-old would have been the absolute shit. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I actually wore a watch. I'm not a watch guy anymore. They they, they annoy me because I, I can never find a watch that fits me nicely. They're always either a bit too tight or they're a bit loose and they sort of, you know, they go down your arm a little bit up and down. Yeah. It's, like, ah, it's annoying. Are you a watch guy? I've just uh, Now that I've got a phone, I just feel like I don't need a watch anymore. I am a watch guy, but I haven't worn mine for a little while. I need to readjust it because, um, yes, it was becoming a little tight and uh, I need to yeah, get the thing adjusted because it was starting to squeeze my wrist a bit too much. Yeah. So, yes. Need to get that scene to. By the way, prior to Sally Struthers appearing on the TV, you mm. just got a lot of nice little, I mean, not specifically, not or especially sophisticated banter among the kids, but it was very Cartman just yelling his mum, yeah, we like kids, pips. <laughs> and um, when it's announced right after this commercial break, Terrence Phillip farts on Phillip and laughs. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, it's like they can't wait for that. Yes. Well, <laughs> I actually that's like. What you just brought up there, that was actually also a seed plant for later on because Marvin does the exact same thing with Cartman's mm. mum. Yeah, don't want them cheesy <laughs> <laughs> Just Pick the worst role model in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the Takeo Sports Watch, I mean, it's a very, very sad thing to be. I know I bring this up a bit, but how old I am. But uh, there was a stage when it's like if a kid had a digital watch, it's like, oh, my God. Like futuristic, wasn't it? What? <laughs> Are you Luke Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> Careful, he's going to use his Jedi mind tricks on us. <laughs> you don't have to be able to tell the time. You don't have to know where the big hand and the little hand are. I used to have a, as a kid, 90s kids will appreciate this, a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers watch, right? And it used to, when you push the button on it, it used to make the... Do, 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 do. That was the sound they made when Zordon was trying to communicate with them. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be at primary school and I'd push it and they'd be like, oh, and I'd be like, yes, Zordon. <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about dorky watches, I can't believe my parents actually <laughs> succumbed to me saying, but ma'am, can I please have it? Um, was this the I airport just, thing you bought that time? No, no. I, oh, that, I was a, that was a Tetris thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I hassled my parents so much for so much stupid shit. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> we all did. Uh, but I hit him up for one of those Casio calculator watches. Oh, wowee, yeah. Mm, for a while, for a brief maybe three-day period there, I was like, well, can I have a look at that? <laughs> I remember the hottest girl in school was like, wow, what a cool watch. Can I have a look at it? 
I'm like, of course you can. And, and then she walked away and never define, talked to me again. Define, define it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can check it out. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, but um, I can't believe it. there was a stage where the the calculator watch may be the most popular boy in school. <laughs> But they um they say they're going to use Stan's mum's credit card to um to order or to, to send the five dollars to get the digital sports watch. Then they're on, when he's on the phone, you mentioned here that the banter was kind of funny between the kids. I thought when he was on the phone, it was a bit much. It was just a lot of ass wiper and this that. It was just like <laughs> it just felt like unnecessary name calling just for the sake of being able to get name calling onto the show. I don't know, just felt forced a little bit, but it did pay off quite nicely. I the vast difference with vast difference. <laughs> Should we explain it or should we let people look it up? I think we should maybe let people look it up, but it's a surprisingly sophisticated term for carpenter break out. Yes, it is. Uh, but also appropriate. I mean, it's um, given the sort of the areas of the body that they're talking about. Yeah, it's not inappropriate for Cartman to say that. Another funny thing that made it feel very 90s was Kyle asking, is it waterproof? Because everything's <laughs> waterproof now, but back when something was waterproof, it was like, whoa. You oh, know, I, man. Drop it, okay. dro- I could drop it in 10 centimetres of water and it would be okay. I can wear this watch in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the shower, of course. Um, and she says, or they say on the phone that they're going to get the sports watch right away. And they're very excited about that. And they're at school. They're waiting for their for their watch. This is you and I when we've ordered something on Amazon and we're at work. And we, <laughs> <laughs> we get that text message, your Amazon package will be delivered today. And I'm like, ooh, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Can I duck home real quick? Yeah. <laughs> I want to greet the Amazon guy. <laughs> Garrison explains the canned food drive and he asks, you know, does anyone know what it is? Cartman says, is it when they cut up a chick's stomach to get the baby out? There are no stupid questions, just stupid people. <laughs> How did he mix up cesarean section and canned food drive? I just I think I just wanted to get that line in from Garrison. I think so. But they ask why, why do, or Cartman asks, why do poor people always smell like sour milk? I don't know, they just do. And then they have Kyle smell Kenny. Did you see yeah. that? <laughs> I'm not bringing in food for poor people. Screw them. Don't you want to help those who are less fortunate? Hey, you guys, do you hear something? I, I think I hear the flower children calling. This is the one time of year you're supposed to care about people who can't eat. Isn't it enough that I pay taxes? What about the poor houses that, that I pay for? Many would rather die than go to those places. Well, then perhaps they should and decrease the surplus population. Okay, kids, that's enough dickens for one day. It's actually a little bit educational here. So Garrison says, that's enough Dickens, because that's actually a line from Dickens' Christmas Carol. It is indeed, yes. Ebenezer Scrooge has, has got no time for the uh, for the less fortunate in society. He's like, well, maybe they should just go, you know, work in the workers. Many people would die that go to those places. Well, maybe they should. It decreases the surplus population. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd, I'd forgotten that, uh, that um, Garrison actually says, yes, that's enough Dickens for one day. <laughs> I wonder if, I can't remember if Kane says that in The Muppet Christmas Carol or not. Not too sure, because he plays Ebenezer. Mm, it's yeah, been... I'm, I watch it every I, Christmas, I should know. I know, and I'm trying to think, have I ever actually watched it all the way through, or I've just sort okay. of seen bits and pieces? Yeah, well, it wasn't really targeted for your demographic, was it, when it came Probably out? not, but Michael Caine is for everybody, not just for Oh, Christmas. yeah, and he, him <laughs> singing songs at the end of that film is just such a delight. It's amazing. Yeah, well, every Christmas now, you've got sort of people on social media saying, you know what's a really baller move is Michael Caine just playing Ebenezer Scrooge completely straight when he's surrounded by Muppets. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's, it's fucking, I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I love it so much. <laughs> because, uh, so we then get the turkeys arriving and just causing havoc, but they don't kill anybody. They don't really kill anybody throughout the entire episode, do they? Except for Kenny. Oh, do they do they kill the uh, the couple at the, like, well, at the s- lake? You don't see them. No, you just see them at the feet going, woo. The thing is, this did feel somewhat repetitive because it came straight after the zombie episode last week. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. So maybe, so this was production code 109, no, but maybe, I don't know. So what was, let's have a look at Damien, because Damien apparently, on according to uh, Netflix, Mm-hmm. is the next episode. So Damien is a production code 101. Yes, okay. So there was an episode Damien in between the episodes. So when they were making it, they weren't making two episodes in a row that were the same kind of story. Okay. It was, they just aired in different orders. So this was made after Damien, but aired before Damien. Okay. Damien doesn't actually air until like February after. So I'm not sure mm. why they're all out of order like that. But I guess maybe they're only able to air one episode in November and they thought, well, we're going to do one. Let's do the Thanksgiving one. It happens sometimes. I mean, I think in uh, shows like Freaks and Geeks and Firefly, Firefly actually, yeah, yeah the episodes are all out of order and you sort of had to go to uh, 
But see, Firefly was a show that had a continuing story. That's what fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, the turkeys have arrived. They went out to the mayor's office and she's thinking, oh, thinking of festive ways to distribute the cans for the canned food drive. And the insane genetic engineer from up on the hill arrives, Dr. Mephesto. Yeah. Um, they just said that so the new viewers would be like, who the fuck's this guy? So they can, she explains who he is. <laughs> and he explains that he's been genetically engineering turkeys for Thanksgiving so that poor people... He's actually doing a good thing. So poor people won't... Not good yeah. thing for the turkeys, but so he wants everyone to um to be fed on Thanksgiving. But um and they, but they're broke free now and they're all pissed off and they just don't believe him. They have the cuckoo's clock and the, and the, the, jackass. Uh, the jackass and stuff like that. Yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know, I feel sorry for Mephesto. He was trying to do a good thing here. He seemed wacky in the last time we, we saw him, but here he's actually trying to help and no, yeah. no one takes him seriously. Using his weird-ass science prowess for good. Oh. <laughs> he's basically South Park's answer to Dr. That Professor Frink, isn't he? That's a very good way of putting it, Dan. Uh, the kids then arrive home, but unfortunately there is no watch. And at least now we get notifications to say, no, your package is on the way. Mm. I hate it when you think the package is going to arrive and you get home and there's no package in the mail. You're like, oh, man, my night is ruined. So you <laughs> bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've currently got a package somewhere, somewhere. Because, mm. I mean, I, I made the mistake of not ordering through our Lord and Master Amazon. Um, and also, the place I order from in the UK doesn't come with a tracking number. Oh, no, you made a mistake there, sir. I know. I really should have paid the extra seven bucks or whatever for the tracking. Yeah. But- I've contacted Australia Post and go, if you don't have a tracking number, we know what we can do for if, you. If they offered you a Takeo Sports Watch with the packaging, with the packing, would you have paid the extra $7? I imagine so. <laughs> yeah, I'm only human. <laughs> uh, uh, and then contacted the um, outlet in question. Um, I'm not going to name names. Let's say it rhymes with Ravi. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they said, well, and you know, I said what I thought was a very nice letter saying, I understand supply chains are a little bunched up right now, so I've decided to... I'll, thought i'd wait a little bit before i got in contact but hey this thing i ordered uh so and so ago has taken two months longer to arrive than uh, previously thought what can we do about this your pal guy davis uh, i'm sorry you've waited way too long and now the um possible refund or resend thing uh, has expired so oh like, no 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 so i'm like well guess what uh, this is the last thing i order from you guys um after what i thought was a very long and productive uh, relationship <laughs> together so go fuck yourself <laughs> Is it, please tell me you wrote that exact comment to them. Pretty much. <laughs> so, go fuck yourself, your pal, Guy Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I did pal. I, yes, I didn't include the go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love that you and Judge Judy. <laughs> Guy Davis, former friend of Zavi. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or Ravi, I should say. Not, That's correct. Yes. <laughs> How silly of me. Yeah. <laughs> Having said this, there have been times in the past when I've ordered stuff from them, it hadn't arrived, and I hit them up and said, guys, this hasn't arrived. They said, well, what can we do? Can we refund or send out another one? Eh, you can send me another one. The other one's probably lost. And then you get both. And then both <laughs> arrive. So this is the karmic. And, it's, and this is a Christmas gift for somebody. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, these are the karmic scales sort of getting back in balance. And you never know. My Those two Blu-rays I ordered from uh, Tavi uh, may eventually show up. Pretty savvy what you're doing there. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> nice, nice. So anyway, uh, where are we? The I'm a festo, yeah, and they don't believe him at all. Uh, and the kid, yeah, the, so the sports watch hasn't arrived. But then they hear a knock on the door. They think it's the sports watch, but no, it's uh, Starvin Marvin. He's at the door and he speaks. So that, he was actually voiced by Matt Stone, oh. uh, Starvin Marvin. And uh, they think he, his voice is really cool, and they you know, they want to keep him. Yes, and Marvin is really the only thing that they can hear, although they can understand out of uh, out of Marvin's language. Exactly. So they call him Marvin, Starvin Marvin. What the hell, dude? That's not a digital sports watch. Hey, it looks like one of those Ethiopians. Oh man, they must have accidentally sent him instead of the sports watch. Maybe they took it literally when we said we wanted to adopt a kid. Whoa, that was cool. Yeah, how do you make those clicking sounds? What's your name, dude? Marvin. I think he said his name is Marvin. Yeah, Starvin' Marvin. Nice to meet you, Starvin' Marvin. Hey, ma'am. Yes, hon? We found it. He's open. Can we keep him? Sure, hon. Sweet. Uh, we sort of discussed at the start the element of the difference between uh, rich and poor. Also, they treat him like a pet throughout to the, mm-hmm. to the point where even Cartman does the same shtick that he does with Kitty. It's my pap, huh? So, like, he's treating him like he's his pet as well. 
But um, but still, they, they're treating him though with respect. They want him to hang around. They want to give him a better life. Ma'am, can we can we keep him? Sure, you can. Sure. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> they fight over who gets to keep him first. Cartman's going to happen for the first week, and um, then Stan, then Kyle, but not Kenny because his family's too poor. Then we get the couple at the pond. Amazing. <laughs> How the leaves fall so delicately on the surface of the pond. It's so beautiful. Not as beautiful as you. Oh. Oh, darling, look. Thanksgiving turkeys. Oh, they're so beautiful. Not as beautiful as you. Look at the way they foam at the mouth. Like beautiful sets of beer. Not as beautiful as... We come back from commercial and we're now at KJ's Buffet, the six ninety nine special on a Tuesday. They make fun of Kenny's family once again for the two years' income. It's just like, lay off Kenny, guys. Okay. Yeah. And they, this is where Cartman explains the idea of appetizers to Marvin. It's amazing. <laughs> it's what we eat to make us more hungry. <laughs> <laughs> the main food arrives, and eh, screws appetizers, throws them in the bin, and Marvin just can't believe it. Like, you're, you're throwing oh, out food? What? Honestly... The amount of food that we throw out, we should be ashamed of ourselves. The notion of appetizers, though, or, or even like an entree. It's like, food to make us more hungry. Yeah. Food before your food. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand the idea of, oh, let's try a whole bunch of different things, you know, to appeal to your palate, but like maybe just one meal, guys. Yeah, Poss- maybe. Possibly some dessert. You know? <laughs> But then he takes Marvin's food, which I just thought was hilarious. I'll just slide this over here next year. <laughs> Garrison then says that, you know, the kids need to donate more cans. All the guys like three different cans. And he gets the corny Thanksgiving line in there. He, he was a big fan of it, wasn't he? He was. I can relate to that. Do you ever like think of a title for a newspaper article or whatever and just like give yourself a self high five? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so many times. Do you have a favorite that, you, that you've ever thought of? Uh, yeah, I did have one, actually. I was talking about it with someone the other day that um, when I was working at the advertiser down here, there was some guy who got busted driving over the speed limit with his cat in his lap. Mm. Uh, and I wanted to give it the headline, The Fast and the Furry Puss. <laughs> and what happened? They said no. And it, it didn't make it. I was oh, so why? disappointed. I, th- I think there just, just wasn't puss. enough space. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I could go. I could go on with a few of those. Actually, there were a few that. Um, yeah, okay, give I think, some more. I, there was one that uh, that made this actually made the cut. And I was quite happy with it. Okay, but it was bring your dog to work day, mm. and I gave it the headline: working K nine to five. <laughs> Dolly Parton would be a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> and that did make it in. That made the paper. Good. All right, you would have made a lot of people's day reading that. <laughs> <laughs> the kids then bring Starvin Marvin for show and tell. And he starts going through the box of canned food. That's a bad Davin Marvin. <laughs> I love then, how everybody wanted to starve in Marvin, though. Yeah, then everyone's, I want one. Pip was willing to pay. I'll pay $5 for one. $50, $50. Was it $50? Yeah, it was $50, yes. Oh, Jesus, Pip. Hmm. Very privileged. But Garrison says, you know, you can't do this. So he, he tells on it, basically. And Principal Victoria explains, you know, you can't keep him. You know, just send your money and they'll sometimes send you a letter. That's what, <laughs> that's what it used to be. They'd write you a letter or whatever. I, I used to have a... um. My, I think my Uncle Jock used to donate money on behalf of us, and we would get the okay. letters. But my Uncle Jock, like, he's passed away now, but he used to donate money to so many African kids. Like, he was just, just like, the greatest person. <laughs> oh. just, and he did it because he wanted to help, you know. Good on him. Good on you, Jock. Um, he even went to Africa and helped out sometimes, yeah. True true champion. But anyway, so, yeah, Pr- Pr- Principal Victoria here, she's trying to be all righteous, but then it's like, well, why can't he just stay here? Because he can't. Because you're, you're mm. kids. You can't look after children. You're a dog. Can you take him? No, I'm, uh, I'm very too busy. busy. <laughs> but she also, she goes, I, I don't make my $5, see? I've got my watch. It's sort of like a, the, and that's what I feel like now. Watch is more of an accessory than it is an actual necessity. I feel like a lot of people, how often do you see people who wear a watch still check their phone for the time? True. Yeah, it's a bit of a fashion statement these days. Yeah. I knew you were the only person who would listen to me, chef. Yeah, well, let's get it over with. This place gives me the boo-boo jeebies. Look here in my microscope. Tell me what you see. Uh, I see an extreme close-up of Vanessa Redgrave's private parts. Oh, whoops. Now tell me what you see. Well, I'm no biologist, but I'd say it looks like turkey DNA. Precisely. 
but look how rapidly it's dividing. What does it mean? It means the turkeys are growing at an exponential rate. If we don't destroy them all, they'll take over the town. Maybe the world. Oh, fudge! Uh, let me see that Vanessa Redgrave thing again. Sure. I love when Chef says something like the, the heebie-jeebies or the boo-hoo-jeebies. The, the boo-boo-jeebies. The boo-boo-jeebies. <laughs> and Vanessa, he's showing them the different things. It's actually Vanessa Redgrave's private, private parts. So do you want to explain who Vanessa Redgrave is? Because she gets mentioned on The Simpsons as well. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm feeling terribly old that uh, I've got to explain Vanessa Redgrave. One of the most celebrated English actresses mm. of her era, the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s. don't know if she ever won an Oscar or anything like that, but for, a, you know, the Redgraves, I think, are a very distinguished English acting family. There's a lot of Redgraves out there. Natasha and Jolly Richardson are descendants of the Redgraves. Let's see. But, yeah, Vanessa was very big in the in, in the 70s, particularly in the 70s, 60s and 70s. Um, and she was also very political and not averse to getting her gear off in movies because that's what you did in the 60s and 70s. And that's why Chef is having close-ups of her private parts. Indeed. I'll see that again. <laughs> he explains to Chef the turkey situation. And I like he's, he's like when he's like, Chef, I, I knew I'd tell you because you're the only person that would believe him. Because we explained in last week's episode, Chef seems the only, the only person that believes the kids whenever stuff something's going wrong. Yeah, like he's the only person yeah. that's sensible enough to understand the situation. So He's, he's very open-minded. He's like, oh, yeah. ooh, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, in the first episode. But Starve and Marvin... The FBI arrived to Cartman's house to get him, but he's like, where is this child? Points to Cartman. And they just take him away in a sack. Uh, we get, I think, is this the first time we get the, I'm kicking the nets? We might, be, might have said it once before, but it, that became a catchphrase as well. Yeah, he's very big on kicking people in the nuts. And they give Starvin Marvin the sports watch. And you get the first, sweet, sweet. <laughs> he's slowly becoming Cartman. We're now at the canned food cash grab. And also, it's, not, it's like a cash grab, but it's just like the canned food grab, they yeah. call it. And we get the, exp- the, the explanation here to the mayor of what POV means, poverty stricken citizen. Now, that's sort of become part of the vernacular, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't think I'd heard, I mean, it's used a bit now. I mean, I occasionally hear young people. Oh, no, we, no we, we, we used it throughout primary school and high school. POV. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was like the thing. I don't know where it came from. I just assumed it was just a word that people came up, but maybe Southwark thought of it. I don't know. Could well be. Povo, yes. I mean, I, you hear the kids still using it occasionally, usually pointing at me. It's like, eh, why is he dressed like a povo? It's like, shut up, kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is as you're going through their trash at the front. They're left over good. You're wasting food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you take it out of their trash, put it back in their fridge. The turkeys arrive. At the canned food drive and just wreak havoc. And Chef explains, you know, they've ruined the cafeteria. So maybe that was a deleted scene because we never saw that. He just arrived and said, they've just ruined my cafeteria. So maybe that was a deleted scene. I'm not too sure. And they get the defense squad in, which consists of Jimbo and Ned. They start shooting them, but they're going to need more than that because they're going to come back in greater numbers. Starve and Marvin are still watching Terrence and Phillips' special. Now they're eating beans. And Hey, Philip, could you pass the beans? Beans? Uh-oh. Looks like we'll be at war with these Indians soon. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Uh, here it comes. Uh, ah, I grabbed my pants. Ah! <laughs> I think you got some spatter on Chief Running Wolf. <laughs> I spat in his face. Ah! Now he's a smelly Indian. <laughs> we'll be back to part 14 of the Terrence and Philip Thanksgiving special right after this. A line that always stuck with me. Hmm. And I, I, I guess I remembered it was in this episode, but seeing this reminder, <laughs> it's like, now he's a smelly Indian. I was about to say the same thing. I was like, what? what? Yeah, it's like, what? I was like, okay. <laughs> I, know, I know you guys can get away with everything, but you just said that now he's a smelly Indian on television. Okay. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, then we get Sally Struthers once again, another commercial. But this time, Cartman is in the background just losing his mind. And Cartman's mum says, you know, do you want some cheesy poofs? Yeah, I want some cheesy poofs. <laughs> Cartman then asks for help. I love when he gets Cartman's voice of, I am a last no. little boy. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's so evil, so manipulative. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Um, but then he just, when he realises he's not getting any help, he just cracks the shits and storms off. <laughs> but it's now time for Kenny to grab some cans. Mar- oh, so Marvin's there as well. Marvin, what's great about it is Marvin is pretending like he doesn't know what's happened to Cartman. Where's Cartman? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just it set him up, and then I thought, as I said, I thought it was going to be how Kenny dies, but it wasn't. Kenny's family are all watching. Um, he grabs, grabs a can of string beans. Then the turkeys arrive, and Chef asks, "Oh, so he's got the Mephisto clone here? 
He's confused by the Mephisto. Is it, it's Mephisto's clone, right? That's who it is, the little guy? It's, it's his mini-me because, you know, he's... Uh, Dr. Mephisto looks like Doc, uh, Marlon Brando and Ireland, Dr. Moreau. And yes. Moreau had that mini-me. Same so, as... And Austin and, Powers took it off as well with Dr. Evil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think Chef spoke for a lot of people, the few people who saw the Island of Dr. Moreau when it came out in 96. What's this little thing supposed to be? <laughs> I've... I'm sure I've mentioned this in the past. Uh, sorry, I preface a lot of my anecdotes with, I'm sure you've heard this one before, but um, there's a great documentary about the making of the Isle of Dr. Moreau in, up in far north Queensland back in the back in the 90s called Lost Soul. Um, and they talk a bit about how the maker of the movie found this bit, not even really a little person, because I think the guy's name was Nelson De La Rosa, who was about, how tall would he be? like two feet tall or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've got to have this guy in my movie. You know, he'd be perfect. This guy, you know, the maker of the movie was just throwing everything in there. And apparently the mini-me was like a real sex pest. He would like, you know, they would have like crew parties or whatever, and he'd be going up and like grinding on women. <laughs> and no one would know what to do. They'd be like, do I just pick him up and throw him <laughs> off me? What's going on? Because... I mean, apparently that's, that shoot was just nuts. So, I mean, if you can find this documentary called Lost Soul, it's actually really interesting. But I just found that hilarious. The mini-me was just this this little sexual predator. <laughs> Do I just pick him up and put him away? <laughs> just give him a little boot. Shoo! You know, like when, it's like when your cat's like, meow, it's feeding time. So yeah. Feed it. <laughs> Shoo fly, don't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. So, yeah, so... We're getting back to, yeah, Mephisto clone. So, Chef explains, you need to go home and arm yourselves and then return in 15 mm-hmm. minutes. I'm not going to let Thanksgiving ruined by a bunch of turkeys. Yes. Cartman is now wasting away. <laughs> he's just, he's like, he's probably been, probably hasn't eaten for like 12 hours. But anyway, he finds a Red Cross and he orders some fried chicken and a side of mashed potatoes. But unfortunately, they've got no funds, so they can't help. But they do give him a watch. And wink. <laughs> Then we get the Braveheart parody. And did you notice that it goes, goes cinematic? It's like widescreen? Ah. Like, it confused me. For, for the Braveheart parody scenes, we get the black up at the strip oh, the yeah. top and bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they said that these scenes were very hard to animate because there were so many extra characters. And they, were, they said they'll never do it again because it's just way too hard. But um, but Chef and the turkeys, they're in charge of each sort of rival army. And they rev everybody up. We cut back to Cartman and uh, he just can't go on. Need... Appetizers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he apologizes to God and passes out. My God has forsaken me. <laughs> we then come back and he finds the building and it's filled with snacks and Sally Struthers who was eating cake and watching Terrence and Philip. It's just full of all Cartman's favorite things as well. Mm. I mean, there's cheesy poos galore, but also veal roll-ups, which I thought was the funniest. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that like these are what they're apparently feeding to the starving kids of Africa. <laughs> or not, clearly. Yeah, not, not, but they're supposed to be, yes, but she's been hoarding them all, apparently. And um, Cartman screams, and because he wants them, she doesn't want to share. He, he you know, <laughs> well, she's, the bas- beans. she's basically Cartman as well. I mean, she's sort of, yeah, they're mad cheesy. She's, she's yeah. Basically, yeah, she's essentially Cartman. I could I could see why Sally Struthers might be pissed off. I mean, oh, they've, 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 this is the harshest they've been to a, to a celebrity so far, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, um, and, and uh, as, you were, as I was saying earlier, she doesn't care about making fun of her being overweight. She yeah. hated the fact that you were saying that she was hoarding food from the children. Because this would have really, I wouldn't say ruined, but it would have really played on her perception to the public when yeah. she's doing these commercials. Obviously, everyone was already still making fun of her, but now it's like people would have been making the jokes afterwards. I bet you she's hoarding all the food. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not very nice. But anyway, it's just South Park. But we're back to the um to the cinematic fight scene, the Braveheart parody. And Marvin is just watching it all confused. He's like, what, what's going on here? Why is it? Why is everyone fighting? What's going on? The turkeys then kill Kenny. They pull his eye out. And Ned then shoots the last three turkeys. Mephisto is all sad. And, so uh, is this a line from Braveheart? The every turkey dies, not every turkey truly lives? Yes. Every man dies, not every man truly lives. Okay. And Mephisto is about to go off on a you know a self-righteous, maybe I shouldn't play God. No, but Chef <laughs> just interrupts and says, oh, shut up. That's enough of that. <laughs> the FBI then arrive again. And they give Mar- uh, Marvin the option. Do you want to stay here or do you want to go home? And he's like, I think I want to go home. <laughs> like, I don't think I want to stay around this fucking crazy place anymore. And then we get Stan's final thoughts. And he sort of brings up the the whole purpose of the episode, basically, that you know people on TV are real people. They're not made up. Just because they're on TV doesn't mean they're, they're fake. Even MacGyver. MacGyver's a real person as well, apparently. <laughs> Good news for Patty and Selma. Yes, that is true. 
Then we get back to Cartman. <laughs> Plus, it's said that, the, that Marvin is going, I like him a lot more than Cartman. Yes, I know, right? Kenny dead in the background, but yeah, Cartman. They apologize to him for, for making a mistake. Move it, Pavs. I am an American. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin then arrives though, home with all the turkey, so at least the turkeys didn't go to waste. Indeed. He's not, he's not wasteful. It's the hero's journey. He's come home, you know, yep. bearing something, bearing gifts for his for his uh Friends and loved ones. It reminds me of when the little girl says, why not both in the commercial? <laughs> <laughs> and then Sally Struthers is tied up. She's going to get eaten, apparently. So that the original ending for this was that Sally Struthers was going to feed oh. the children. And they're going to live off her fat and she had enough food to last them a lifetime. That would have been too mean. That's when they, they apparently yeah. the network stepped in and said, no, 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 no. That's enough now. <laughs> <laughs> then we get Kenny's family giving thanks. And I actually feel sorry for Kenny's family. They seem like nice people. I think they. I think in the later episodes, I know it's really, yeah, up to this point, they're their own worst enemy in a lot of yeah. regards. But certainly in this instance, yeah, it's like, oh, dead son, tin of, tin of green beans, and what, Dando? No can opener. No can opener. Yeah, I, I actually thought it was quite a funny way to end the episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> I much like the way you call the can of beans this incredible bounty. <laughs> so there's yeah, I they do a good job of showcasing how people who are less fortunate appreciate everything. Oh, absolutely. People, people who tr- have everything are just are wasteful. Yeah. They'll, Thanksgiving, they'll, they'll be truly grateful for those turkeys in um, in Ethiopia or Ethi- yes. Ethiopia. Yeah. So, as you were saying at the start, obviously, it did, did feel a bit repetitive from last week where we had the zombie invasion. This time it was a turkey invasion. It's kind of like beating the same dead horse. But you got to you got to look at it from this perspective. It wasn't like they made this episode straight after the last one. Although the turkey story, again, much like the zombie one, did feel a bit like the ending just sort of went nowhere. And that's where Trey and Matt also agree. They say they sort of wrote themselves into a hole once again. That they they threw the turkey storyline in there because they felt like they had to have a B plot, but then it didn't really go anywhere. They're working out the kinks. They're working. Yeah. They're becoming who they are. Trey yeah. and Matt. It is still the first season, and considering this is the show's first season. That's pretty fucking quality. Oh, look, they're throwing out some winners very early on. I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing well from the start, Trey and Matt. All right, guys, so that is our review of Starvin' Marvin. If you guys do have a question or a message for us, you can just write it into southparkmailbag at gmail.com. Don't forget southparkmailbag at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Please, if you're enjoying yeah. the show, continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or help us boost up those rankings on uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. Also, if you are a fan of what we do here at Four Finger Discount, whether it be this show or our uh, Simpsons show, our Friends show, our Seinfeld show, or our Futurama show, you can get all of those shows early, a week early, by being a part of the Four Finger Discount family. Just go to patreon.com slash discount, where not only you will get that, but you also get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts that we do there, Zoom chats with Guy and myself, monthly prize draws, and much, much more. Patreon.com slash discount. if you are a fan of the show and you want to show some support. Next week, Mr. Davis, we're going to be doing the Christmas special, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas, Christmas poo. poo. I don't think I've watched it since I was a kid, and I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Likewise. I've got the Mr. Hanky Christmas Poo pop vinyl, and it, I always display it every Christmas. <laughs> I've just got a piece of shit that I did, and I stuck some googly eyes on it. <laughs> Keep it in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the fridge, because he's future guys. Like, you should have put that piece of poo in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this has been Starving Marvin. Hope you enjoyed the show. Next episode is going to be Mr. Hacking the Christmas Poo. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Yes, amazing listeners. Get onto Google and Google Vast Deference. <laughs>